0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Well, it's a great day to be a church who's glad to be here today. Again, I I pray that everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I know this, that this season I'm absolutely thankful for uh, my family i'm thankful for my church family i'm thankful for what the lord's doing uh this year and uh it's just an incredible season that we're in right now and and so i know this as the bible says in thessalonians give thanks in all circumstances in every circumstance does anybody have something that you're thankful for today So we pray that everybody had a great thanksgiving anybody still working off those leftovers i know my wife mentioned that earlier in the service listen i'm good for about one like round of leftovers after that i can't do it i don't know what it is I, thanksgiving i'll see you next year in 2023 i'm good for one although we were laughing cuz backstage matt was telling me he said hey you don't realize what you can do with leftovers He was saying, man, I'm about to turn up a turkey pot pie. He got me thinking again. I might need to take another look at this. I was about to call the quits a little early. I still got a little mashed potatoes left. (laughs) Oh, I love the season that we're in right now. I love the holiday season. Uh, We encouraged you uh, last week and earlier in the service. We're getting ready to step into what I would consider to be one of the most significant seasons of the church. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? The reality is this, is that as we prepare now to officially transition into into the Christmas season, that this is the time of year where people are looking for an answer. In fact, statistically, they say that this is the time of year that most suicides, take place from, from, from just the feeling of loneliness or feeling depressed or not feeling like you're at the end of the year and you're not further along than what you hoped for when you started off the year and so for some reason in a season that should be filled with joy people begin to encounter a spirit of heaviness. But I'm here to encourage you today, even if that's you that's sitting here this morning, is that when it comes to our God, our God is a God that loves you. Our God is a God that cares about you. Our God is a good God, and he wants you to know that he wants to bless you with every incredible blessing that he has for your life because he loves you today. Maybe some of you hadn't heard that in a long time, Jesus loves you today. In fact, do me a favor, tell somebody next to you, Jesus loves you today. I think that's so important. Oftentimes, I think we forget about the fact that the whole purpose as to the salvation that we have in Christ is because he loved us, right? What's the the scripture say? That God so loved the world that he gave his son. Thank goodness that we have such a loving God who was willing to allow his son to die on the cross for you, for me, so that we could experience what we call an abundant life. And God wants you to know that each and every single one of you in here this morning was created to have and abundant life but in this season right now there's a lot of people that aren't experiencing abundant life but i want to encourage you with this that if you know jesus and he's your savior then you have got a reason to be able to love somebody with the love of Christ this season. You can encourage somebody. You can give into somebody's life. Maybe it's a kind gesture or an action, or, or maybe it is to bless them in some way. But I want to tell you this, that this is the season right now that the world's looking for an answer, but we have that answer, and his name is Jesus. Amen. So as we're in this season, uh, next week officially uh, on Sunday morning, we're going to start a new series titled Joy. Somebody say joy. My Bible says this, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm always so encouraged by Acts 20, 24, where Paul writes, he says, my only aim is to finish this race with joy. I'm here to give you hope today. It's not how you started, but it's how you finish. And God wants you to conclude 2022 with joy. Help me out again. Say joy. God wants you to finish this season with joy, and and as we get into this last series of the year, I believe it's going to minister to our hearts. I believe it's going to strengthen us, and I believe this is that in this last month that we're transitioning into, we're going to see God do greater things In this last month than everything that came prior to and for some of you maybe you've had a pretty good year but all I can encourage you with this is get ready because the month of December I'm believing that God's gonna turn up next level and do greater and greater and greater he wants to do greater things in your family he wants to do greater things in your health he wants to do greater things in your finances he wants to do greater things in our community he wants to do greater and greater in every area of your life but my question is are you still willing to finish this race? Come on, it ain't done yet. Nothing worse than giving up on the five-yard line. Nothing worse than getting almost all the way down to the end zone. I know some of you were probably watching the game over, over the holidays, and, and, and you're seeing some of your favorite teams and players not quite get there, and it's like, oh, come on, you could have just one more. I'd hate for us as the body of Christ not to get into the end zone. But I'll tell you what, God has strengthened you to be able to win, strengthen you to be able to cross over into every promise that he has for your life. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm not preaching on any of that, just stirring up your hearts. But what I do want to communicate to you this morning is a thought out of the book of Acts. I'm going to ask if you turn with me. Book of Acts chapter 28. Uh, we got a very uh, a familiar story there. I want to read a couple lines of text and it's where we're going to get our, uh, our thought for the day. And as I was preparing uh, for, for this service this morning, Uh, It's interesting, I I had another idea of what I was praying about and what I thought that I was going to communicate, and in the middle of the week, the Lord completely arrested my heart on this passage, and over a few lines of text, He began to stir me up, and I believe that today, the Lord's going to stir our hearts up, and so I want to just read this uh, passage that's here, Book of Acts, chapter uh, 28, we're just going to read verses 3 through 5, and uh, let me give a little background context before I officially uh, read it. What we come to find right now in the book of Acts is that the Apostle Paul is on his way to Rome to appeal his case before Caesar. For the, 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 the Jews wanted to persecute him for his faith. And the purpose of Paul was to be able to be a minister of the gospel, to be a witness. And he came under great trial, under great fire, under great persecution. And so here he is and and and, and he, he's being prepared to, to, to move from being before King Agrippa to be sent now before Caesar for his case uh, basically to be judged. And while he's on the way, he's in this ship. And as he's sailing, this ship that he's on, along with other prisoners, becomes shipwrecked. And they find themselves being washed up on the shores of the island of Malta. And so it's a very dramatic time of what's going on. There's a lot of wind and rain and it's very cold. And and he's one amongst many other prisoners that's there. And and you can imagine in in the middle of this this storm and in this cold weather and all this chaos that's going on. They're all just trying to take cover. and, And what they find is that the people of this island begin to show kindness to them. They have no clue who Paul is. They have no clue who any of these other prison mates are or, or, or who's the ones that, 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 that is on the ship. But they begin to show kindness. And we find out here in verse 3 as they begin to start this fire to get themselves warm. The text reads, When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But watch this in verse 5. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. The text says that he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. I want to speak to you from the title line this morning, shake it off. Tell somebody next to you, shake it off. I'm here to bring some encouragement with you that as we're going into this last part of the year, there might have been some things the enemy has tried to do to sabotage your purpose, but I'm here to remind you that all you got to do is shake it off. Let me tell you, there ain't no devil in hell that can keep you from what God has promised for your life as long as you can stay focused, as long as you can remember that you keep yourself moving forward. I love what the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, I'm no longer considering the former things. I'm no longer looking at back at what's behind me. No, I'm looking at what's ahead of me. I'm straining with everything that I have because I'm going to move forward. For some of you, you got to remember it's not about what's behind you, it's about what's ahead of you. Your best days are the ones that are in front of you. Your greatest days are the ones that you're about to step into. So don't look at what was, but get yourself ready for what is and shake it off. i got to preach on my spirit this morning because I'm tired of the body of Christ acting like we're the ones that need to get shook. Listen, yesterday my wife and I, we were doing this workout in our garage Um, The name of the workout is called Death by Burpees. Anybody ever done a burpee in here? If you haven't done it, you can YouTube it after the service. Hang with me this morning. Next thing you know, but pastor, I was following you along with scripture. No, you weren't. You're looking up what a burpee is. So a burpee, basically, you drop down into the push-up position. Your chest hits the ground, and then you get up on your feet, and you do a little clap above your head. I'm not going to demonstrate the whole thing this morning. I don't think these pants have that kind of give today. But what I want to tell you... Kid you not, I stepped into church today and I realized there's a little, there's a little hole in my pocket. I to put a little safety pin on it. I'm just outing that right now because I was doing burpees backstage warming up. No, I'm kidding. I wasn't. But yesterday we were. But the concept is this is that on the first minute you do one burpee and on the second minute you do two burpees and on the third minute you do three burpees and the idea is you keep going until you can no longer do however many burpees is required by the minute so we got all the way up to minute 14 which is 14 burpees in one minute come on now thank the lord but we've got some strength in our house But I'll tell you what, I don't know what it was, about round 14, my daughter thought, Daddy, I'm going to lay on top of you every time you drop down in the burpee position. So for an entire minute, I'm trying to shake my daughter. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all don't have children that they just attach to your leg and they're just holding on. I found myself for a full minute just trying to shake my daughter off of me. She was like running around, following me all in our garage. I was like, get off me. Say a stop it. Dad's trying to do a workout right now. I love you, though. Listen, I, I, I laugh at that, but the reality is this, is that the enemy does not want you to finish this year strong. He does not want you to finish this year stepping into your promise, and he's going to do everything that he can to try and hook himself on you. And so we find out in the text that here's Paul, and Paul, he, he's, he's in the process of, of placing a fire uh, together. They're, they're setting this fire and and here's the thing that the Lord puts in my heart. The Lord spoke to my heart three things the enemy is going to try to come after. The first thing is this. What was Paul doing? Paul was was building this fire. In other words, he was being productive. The enemy wants to stop your productivity. I want to encourage you with this. The devil doesn't care about your purpose. He doesn't care how anointed you are. He doesn't care about the fact that you even believe in Jesus. What he cares about is what you do with Jesus. What he cares about is how you're being productive. He doesn't care about how much you know when it comes to your word as long as you're not using your word to walk in purpose, to walk in destiny, to walk in blessing. I came to tell you today, he does not care about those things. He only cares about are you being productive? My Bible says this, it talks about the fact that by our fruit we will be known. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, he he starts talking about the difference between the false prophets and those that truly follow the Lord. And he says a good tree that bears good fruit, that's a productive tree. But a good tree can't bear bad fruit unless that branch is cut down because by the fruit it is known. I want to just ask you this question this morning, what fruit are you bearing today? Have you been productive this year? Have you been proactive in the purpose that the Lord has sent before you? Or have you just been getting by? Has it just been another season? Have you allowed the same old things that the enemy has tried to to, to put on you just to be carried into this next year? I want to tell you, I'm not doing that junk. I'm not looking over my shoulder to 2020 anymore. Some of you are still looking behind you wondering, is the church still going to get back to normal? I don't want to get back to normal. I want to be supernatural. I don't want to look at what was. I want to say, Lord, what are you going to do in this season to come? Some of you are hoping that things will, will, will go back. I was, I was cracking up the other night. I, I went out into the middle of, 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 of uh, well, I don't even know how to phrase it, other than a mess I went Wednesday night to to, to the store to pick up some last-minute supplies, and while I was there, I mean, people were fighting in the aisles over nonsense, over canned greens. Who is fighting over canned green beans? I mean, people were on people, on people. I mean, the place was absolutely chaotic. I'm telling you, P- I, and, and, I, and I thought to myself, oh, Lord, man, I need to shake off my impatience right now. Oh, Jesus, help me. But I'm telling you, man, things are crazy with what's going on. I don't want to hear about, about, about people being worried about, uh, you, know, you know, we got to have still some distancing rules. We got to be careful as to how close we're getting. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, when I was in the store, I saw the whole baked goods section turned upside down. I mean, the place was wild. And I'm thinking about the fact that here the church is still complaining about, well, how are we going to be able to have church in a a post-COVID world? I was sitting down with some pastors, and that was the subject of conversation. What are we going to do? What programs are we going to implement to get people back in church? And I remember as I was sitting in this meeting a couple months back, I said, you don't need programs. You need the presence of God. That's what you need. I don't want programs I want to prioritize being productive in God's presence because that's what's going to bring people to encounter life change in Jesus and so here's Paul and what he's doing is he's laying these sticks on the fire and isn't it interesting the Bible says when the fire got hot is the moment that the snake lunged forward It's the moment that you're hot in your purpose. It's the moment that you're hot on the job. It's the moment that you're being successful in the things that God's called you to is when the enemy starts to make his plans to attack you. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says this, that you need to be sober, you need to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is roaming around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says he's like a lion, but he's not the lion because there is only one true lion and that is Jesus. But he is roaming around and he is waiting to catch you slipping. He is waiting to catch it to see. Are, are you on alert? Are you focused? Are you keeping yourself postured to looking what's ahead? Or is he going to distract you? The biggest thing the enemy's coming to do is he wants to distract you from being productive. Because if he can distract you, he can keep you from destiny. If he can distract you and get your eyes off the road, he knows that you're just going to crash. Anybody ever tried to drive looking backwards? You ain't going to get very far. Most crashes that happen on the road is because people take their eyes off of what's in front of them. They start looking around. And so all of a sudden we begin to see that, that, that these situations where cars are getting into wrecks on the road is because people are no longer watching what's ahead. Can I encourage you, church, keep your eyes on the road. Look at what's ahead. Because the best things are the things that's in front of you, not the things that are behind you. Jesus makes this statement, and he says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, he's talking about, uh, about the fact that we need to stay focused, that if you are going to be about this kingdom life, that no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. No one who puts their hand to the plow. In other words, you can't be about the kingdom business and look at what's behind you. You got to be all in. Tell somebody, I got to be all in. Now tell them, you need to be all in. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. I got to be all in. I need to prioritize being productive in the kingdom first. I got to prioritize, Lord, I got to seek you. I got to know you. I got to make sure that I'm spending time in your presence, spending time in your word, not just word on Sundays, word every day. God wants you to prioritize seeking him first because I'm telling you, the enemy, the devil, he wants to try and knock you off your game. But you got to make up your mind and you got to say not today satan it ain't happening you ain't gonna shake me in fact i'm gonna shake you and so here's paul enemy comes in at him this viper comes at him and the bible says that he doesn't just bite him this joker bites him and hangs on to his hand anybody ever been bitten by an animal before it doesn't feel very good i got close to being bitten by a dog bishop and i we were playing golf and some dog got loose. Remember that? Thank God I had a Callaway in my hand. <laughs> Tell me, that golf club almost went one strike to his head. No, I'm kidding. That's animal cruelty. It's animal cruelty. We wouldn't do those things. But I don't know. I don't know. We won't know. You won't know. Rest assured that dog is still around somewhere somewhere <laughs> kidding but the snake comes out of the fire and it doesn't just bite him it hangs on to him and the men that were there looked around and they said he must be a murderer why did they make that statement there was this superstition that went that 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 uh, snakes would jump out and bite those that were convicted Get, would, 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 would bite people. That's a pretty wild superstition. Snakes are going to bite those that are not living right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that was kind of the superstition. But I love this because what happens is, is that the snake, it jumps out and it, and, and it bites him. And these people witness it. So what are you trying to tell me this morning? The enemy will try to attack you publicly. Enemy will try to attack you publicly to see if he can shake your faith. See, you build your faith privately. You build your faith. In other words, the Lord will do a work in you privately is how he's building your faith in you. But when he wants you to make an impact in other people's lives, he will do it publicly. Privately is because the Lord's trying to build me up. Publicly is because the Lord wants to use your life to be a witness to others. And so here's Paul, and he's bitten publicly. And now it's a matter of what is this man going to do? See, some of you thought the situation that you are in right now was about you, and it's not. It's about what the Lord's going to do through you to make an impact to someone else's life. He did it publicly. He did it publicly. And it's interesting because as the fire got warmer and hotter, and as all the men were getting warmed by the fire, the snake jumps out. And I thought about this, and I thought, it's only when the fire was getting really hot that everybody benefit from what was going on. Only when Paul added more sticks to the fire. Only when you're being more productive in your purpose, when you have an ability to be a testimony and a witness to others, is the enemy going to try to attack you. And so we find out that here's Paul, and, and, and he's in this situation, and everybody's looking at him. Everybody's looking at him to see what is he going to do. And the Bible says that he shook. He shook. I just want you to get this picture. What is it in your life that's been trying to hang on that you need to shake off today? What is it that's tried to attack your family? What is it that's tried to attack your health? What is it that's trying to attack your mindset? I think about how in John chapter 5, the man that laid by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years While the story was dealing with the fact that he was physically ill, it had a deeper meaning in the story because Jesus walks up to him and he says, do you want to be made well? It's not the type of question that you ask somebody that is laying on the ground, that cannot move, that clearly looks like they are ill. That's no different than when you see somebody that's homeless on the side of the road saying, do you need money? It's very obvious what was going on. But what he was asking the man was this. Do you want to be made well? In other words, have you believed for 38 years the only way that you're going to be healed is if you're the first person to step foot into the water? His mindset was skewed. And for some of us, we've been hanging on or been allowing to, to have hung on to us old mindsets that we need to take off. We need to shake off. We can't think the way that we used to think. We got to renew our minds and we got to renew our hearts and we got to say, okay, Lord, how, how do you want me to respond into this y'all know what it says in James chapter 1 James chapter 1 is this statement right here it says that it's the testing the tempting and the trying of your faith that produces patience but the writer goes on to say this immediately after he talks about your faith being tested tempted and tried he said now ask the Lord for wisdom and he will give it liberally In other words, ask the Lord, how do I need to make the decision in my faith so that I can make the right steps forward? How I can be able to progress? How I can be able to steward my life the way you want me to? For some of you, you just got to say, Lord, I need wisdom in this. Lord, I need wisdom in this. Help me to make the right choice. Help me not to lean on old understandings. Help me not to look at what's behind me. Help me to set my face forward so I know that I can move into the purpose that you've called me to. He had a Shake it off. Tell somebody, shake it off. The third thing that the enemy came after was Paul's position. Paul's position. He came after his productivity. He came after him in public, and he tried to come after his position. Because when the snake bit his hand, they were waiting for him to fall down. They were waiting to see what was going to happen to this man? They thought that the poison that was being released into his system was going to cause him to fall down. I found that to be so interesting is with, with these types of snakes, and, and we've seen this uh, uh, over in other countries, uh, particularly in Thailand, they have these snake shows and, and these guys, they wrestle and they play with all of these different snakes. And there's always a man that's sitting on a box and underneath that box is an anti-venom that in case if they get struck and get bitten by a snake, they can administer that venom right away. So that that person who is performing won't die from the snake bite, won't die from, from, from the poison. And so what happens is when these snakes bite and this poison's released, it causes the blood vessels to thicken, creating a a, a form of of, of, uh, asphyxiation where where you can't breathe. You can't take another breath. That's what happens from these poisons. And I thought as I was looking that up, how many things or how many different areas in our life when the enemy tries to attack causes us to lose our breath. We got winded, we got knocked down. We feel like, I can't keep going. But my Bible says you might have been struck down, but you're not destroyed. You might have been struck down, but you're not destroyed. You you, you might be be hard-pressed on every side, but you ain't crushed. If there's still breath inside of you, you got purpose today. If you're not dead, you're not done. You could keep going. Just shake it off. Just shake it off. I'm so encouraged by that. I'm so encouraged because I'm not going to allow the enemy to shake my faith. I'm not going to allow the enemy to shake my patience. I'm not going to allow the enemy to shake my ability to love people this season. I'm not going to allow the attack of the enemy to cause me to be knocked down. And I love that because Paul maintained his position. I want to just tell you that today, if you're still standing, and even though I know everybody is seated in here, I'm talking about the posture of your purpose, the posture of your life, you're still standing. Thank God for another day today. Thank God that you still have breath today. Thank God that you're still moving today. Thank God that it ain't over yet. The enemy will try and come in, and he'll try and hang on. That's what it said. It said said the snake bit him and hung on. And hung on. Y'all remember in the Bible, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, when um, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden and the serpent came in, or the devil came in in the form of the serpent, what did he do? He didn't bite Eve physically, but he did bite her mindset. He said, can you not eat of any of the trees that are in the garden? She said, no, we just can't touch the one. The enemy will get you focused on what you don't have rather than what you do have. And we can't complain and talk about what we don't have. Let's celebrate what we do have. Let's celebrate what God has done. What testimony do you have that you can hang on to today? Some I mean, of you got to shake off these minds and, and, and shake off the negativity and, and, and shake off the things that the enemy would try to grip you with. I'm not letting the enemy grip my game. That ain't happening. The enemy ain't gripping my game. The enemy ain't, is not going to knock me down that ain't happening I'm telling you what the body of Christ has got to get bold as we're entering into this last hour right now you got to get yourself anchored and strong we don't have a time to retreat right now this is not the season of hiding right now this isn't the season of sitting back right now you got to be strong like Caleb and Joshua when 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 the other spies begin to hold on to a bad report they begin to shake that bad report off and they said no we're going to hang on to a good report what we see is that this is a promised land what we see see our good things we're not looking at the giants we're looking at the grapes we're looking at the prosperity we're looking at the blessing we're looking at the at the place that lord you're leading us to i love david when he was getting ready to go against goliath and he stepped into the presence of saul who was the king of israel at the time and he says you don't understand I've tended my father's sheep, and whenever they encountered lions and bears, I delivered the sheep from the lions and bears. I can take this uncircumcised Philistine. And Saul said, okay, why don't you put on my armor? And so what did Saul do? He hung his armor on David. David looked at it, and he said, this hasn't been proven. This hasn't been tested, and he took it off. He said, I'm just going to go with the sling that I have. In other words, I want to help you out this morning. Some of you are allowing other people to put down On your purpose what they expect you to put on you need to stop hanging on yourself other expectations from people you got nothing to prove and only God to please you got to stop looking to the left and looking to the right God didn't call you to be like the person next to you he called you to be you and so you can't allow people to come in and by the way that's another thing the enemy will use people you got to reevaluate the people that's in your life the people that are speaking into your life Who do you have that's been hanging around that you need to shake off? What relationship have you wanted so badly that's led you further away from your purpose rather than into a greater season of purpose? You need to shake that person off. I'm about to help somebody that's in a dating relationship today. Don't look at the person next to you if you're here. But you might need to reevaluate and shake it off. Are they causing you to grow closer to God or are they pulling you away from God? Did you have to fight to get them to church this morning? Might need to ask yourself the question, who do I need to shake? There might be some friends that you need to shake off. I'm telling you, right now the enemy will use people, places, and things to get into your life, to begin to become that venomous poison that will cause you to fall down. I'm so encouraged because I know that as we're coming into this last part, God just wants to do greater. I just want to close with this last scripture. I wanted to stir your hearts up this morning, get you thinking a little bit. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. You know what that means to run with perseverance? It means that I'm running with the mindset that I'm already called to win. It's not that I'm running hoping to win. It says run with perseverance. Run with the mindset that I'm going to finish this thing, I'm going to complete this thing, I'm going to conclude this thing, and I'm going to win. I want you to see yourself this morning as a winner. I want you to see yourself this morning as victorious. I want you to see yourself finishing this year strong. I want you to see yourself knowing that as a child of God, that I'm going to finish this year in blessing, that I'm going to finish this year prosperous. I'm going to finish this year in increase. I don't care what the enemy has tried to entangle me with, but I'm going to shake it off. Every weight, in every sin, in everything that would easily entangle me. No, I'm running to win. I'm running with perseverance. I'm going to push through. I'm not going to allow myself to be held down and held back, but I'm going after this thing with everything that I got. He says, throw off everything that hinders and easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race that was marked out for us. There's a race that the Lord's marked out for you, and it's a good race. It's a purpose-driven race. Because God wants you to know that you're called to be a winner. See, Paul knew that. That's why he was able just to shake off that viper. He just shook it off. I'm going to help you today. Don't let the enemy sabotage what God wants to do in your life. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2 says this. And I didn't give this to the team, so I don't expect it to be on the screen. I just want to read it and I want you to listen this morning. Psalm 62 says this Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken. When I know that I've got my God for me, I know nothing can be against me. When I know that I serve a good God who has called me to run with perseverance, to win, then I know that I can shake off every lie, shake off every attack, shake off every mindset, shake off every weight. And sin. That's why I love what Hebrews says, every weight and sin. Didn't just say sin. Some of us, we sabotage our own race because we allow weights to just get on us that we don't need to carry. Anger is not a sin, but it's a weight. Depression is not a sin, but it's a weight. But the writer of Hebrews says, strip it off, take it off. In other words, you have the ability to take ownership of your life. You have the ability, as the word of the Lord was spoken this year, to take ownership and divine possession of the purpose that the Lord has set before you. You can do it, it's not over, God is good. And he has called you to be victorious. He's called you to be a winner. He's called you to do great things. So everything the enemy has tried to come at you with, shake it off. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.